Welcome back to another edition of the talk show. I told you I was going to be back soon. Here I am. This is the special NBA podcast I was talking about and with my special guest, who is my father. Um, this is just a window into my life growing up, talking, talking basketball, talking hoops with my dad. We talked 80s hoops all the way to current stories like Giannis and Harden. We also speculated as to why Kyrie left the Cavs. Has Curry become underrated? And we talked about the current Knicks. So all that stuff is coming up. Should be really fun. You'll get a window into what I talked about a couple episodes back with my relationship with sports, specifically the NBA, and my father, all wrapped in one. We had a really good time recording it, so I hope you enjoy listening to it. First, a word from our sponsor, Anchor, and then we're going to head right into the pod. Enjoy. So I want to invite on my first guest, and I said I was going to do this. So the first guest here is my father, Dr. Ido Levy. What's up? Hey, dude. How's it going? Going well. So far, so good. Thursday night, snow day, chilling. Last night of Hanukkah, holiday yeah. season. Uh, your mother uh, thought this was the best way to spend the last night of Hanukkah. She wishes the podcast could last all night or maybe even for eight nights. Eight but, nights like uh, the miracle. The miracle itself of Hanukkah. Exactly. Um, also speak i think on behalf of the whole family uh we're all shocked at how articulate you are on this podcast we're all listening and uh we're very impressed who knew very very articulate yeah who nobody knew nobody your oldest brother you're you're one of four boys i am going to give a little insight to your vast audience you're one of four boys you're and you're the second oldest so your oldest brother was probably the most shocked and your Let's see, your brother immediately beneath you, he sends regards. He's confused as to why you're so passionate about uh, any sport other than cycling. It doesn't make any sense to him that anybody would care about sports this much if it's not cycling. What doesn't make sense is that somebody could understand sports, appreciate sports, and still be into cycling. Continue. You're my only son that I speak to about sports. That's true. Uh, I I do speak to him about cycling, but yeah. Should we get into basketball, right? That's what we're here to do. We're here to talk basketball. That's the yes. sport that you love. Uh, I don't think that was the first sport we talked about, but I would say it's the sport we most talk about now. Is that a fair assessment? I think it's my favorite sport. I can explain to you why, but basically I think it's just I'm a people person and I like the personalities. It's like there's this kind of seems to be like NFL is all about athletics I mean, they're all athletic pursuits except for cycling. But I mean, NFL is all about athletics. And um, in, there's only so many ways you can hit a baseball. I mean, there are personalities, obviously, in all Hardest sports. thing to do in sports, by the way. Continue. That's what they say. Yeah. And there's personalities in every sport and all that. And every sport has its narrative and its fans. But basketball, the connection between the players and the fans, I feel like, is the closest. And... I don't know, maybe because I play more basketball, but maybe there's, there's so much artistry. There's so many different ways to get that ball in the hoop. It's just to me, it's, I don't know, it's my favorite uh, sport. My dad actually was uh, Israeli, of blessed memory. He took me to my first, the only games he, I think, ever took me to was basketball games. So maybe it's because of that. Although he was Israeli. I don't know how much he knew about culture altogether when we came to America. And he was taking me to... Um, the Harlem Globetrotters games. And I'm almost hundred percent sure he thought that those were Knicks games. <laughs> that that just, was real basketball. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just cheaper. I know that I did. I was like, we we're probably having a great season because we really killed that. Game. 
every time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, you know, shout out to to my dad. We didn't mention your youngest brother. He knows nothing about sports. Also, That's he's true. probably. But he's. Have you ever seen a kid who's younger than everyone else, and is universally regarded, other than Michael Jackson in his family? Your younger brother is like universally regarded as the best of all of us. Uh, he's really a special 100, guy. He's, 100%. He's a legend. 100% legend. Shout yeah. out to that dude. Zero athletic uh, ability, but what great. Nothing to do with sports at all. Like there was a camp. All his friends are like, come on, you'll be terrible. He's like, you have no idea how, how terrible I, I can be. But he's just a legend in every other way. We're, we're, we're very blessed. And that's really why I have three agendas. I know you said you want to talk basketball. You wanted to keep it tight. And I am. I'm going to keep it tight. I'm going to try. It's unlikely because of the ADD. And also whenever we talk, it's just fragments of sentences. But I only have three agendas, which is to give shout out to my boys, which I just did. Shout out to your mother, uh, in my humble opinion, God's greatest creation of all time. And also underratedly, a bigger influence in sports, perhaps a bigger fan than I am. But she grew up in Silver Spring area. So it's Washington Redskins for her for always. And um, I'll be sprinkling shout outs to my boys. I'm going to um, promote my podcast, hopefully later. I'll do that towards the end in deference to you. And that's all really. But otherwise, I'm here for you to, to speak NBA basketball. I was yeah. actually going to ask you. So you're most into basketball and that just translated directly into the NBA because I guess the only other option was um, was the Harlem Globetrotters. Although you do watch WNBA. I know you watch that in the summertime, but um, you'll watch summer league. You'll watch any basketball. So I guess the NBA is the highest level of basketball and that's why you choose to watch that. So that's a good enough answer. Um, well, the we, thing about the WNBA is that it's the most similar to the basketball that I was watching in my peak of interest in sports. That's how we used to play. Right, because that's what the NBA looked like in the 80s. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I love that because there's like thick, there's like all kinds of plays and then like guys shooting set shots from 18 feet. And it was interesting. Right, yeah, I got you. <laughs> it's like um, if a guy could shoot from across the court and get a swish every time, which I guess we're headed there at some point, or just jump across the court and land like in the basket. So that at that point, they're going to have to change the rules. So you're saying Giannis like and Curry, basically. I'm exactly saying that. It's like <laughs> right. Curry is a bigger threat to the game than than you want to give him credit to, right? People are talking about how the human extinction. <laughs> yeah, no, people are talking about the agenda that players have, player movement, and all this. I I don't know that that's as big of a threat to the game as a guy who just never misses. And like we've been on the playground with these guys. It's like, what's the point of playing? Uh, but anyways, I love Curry. Anyways, he seems like a really good dude. Yeah, but I always wonder. Like, I can't help speculate who do I think is a good dude. I'm a, I said I'm a people's person. I don't really wonder that as much about like baseball and football players. Like I think he's a good dude. Sometimes, of course, we do when they, when you know, when their personalities are large. But like basketball, I care about every guy. Remember we saw that guy. What was his name? Villan Dova. Matthew Delvadova. We met him. Yeah. <laughs> stared at him eating at his dinner after the game out of a styrofoam thing for uh plate for like for like half an hour we just stared at him we're like wondering is he a good dude like i don't even like, feel he'd be like cool what's his deal he, yeah he wouldn't even be cool if he was in my class he was like kind of like talking with his mouth open he's like hey, with, you, like you, he's like you guys want a picture i was like it looks like you want a picture with us so if you want to take yeah, i was like can you wipe, sure. maybe if you wipe your face like, <laughs> exactly what are you eating? And, and what are you eating anyway coleslaw and fish sticks what's ha what's going on three months later he was going for nba finals mvp and we were like who the F is this dude? That's Deladova, whatever. 
we really sat with him for half an hour. We should have like talked to him more. Probably in <laughs> retrospect. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great night. We're going to talk more about that night because we hung out not only with Kyrie, but and Kyrie's family. Great family, by the way. Great. People. I mean, very supportive, uh, very vivacious. Um, I was a big fan. We walked with his aunt all the way to the subway together, as fate would have it. And we talked about Kyrie. This was in the David Blatt era. Remember the David Blatt? Yes, uh, I do. Cavalier era. Yeah. You, we, we schmoozed with him in Hebrew. How did he end up the like? Did LeBron think that it was a good idea for him to be the coach? I mean, we I know think LeBron the whole point was. was I think the whole point was like, hey, LeBron, we're bringing you back, and this time we're making the decisions. And then three <laughs> months in, LeBron was like, yeah, no, you're not. Um, where's Ty Lue at? You know what I mean? I, I love LeBron, and. Um, you're never going to get me to turn on LeBron, I don't think. Um, he's an amazing – he seems like one of the best dudes. If anybody's going to be the king, he's a benevolent king. You know how there's like bad and good kings? He's like a good he's king. He's a good king. He's a good king. And in preparation for the NBA portion of this podcast, because I'm kind of still stuck in the early 90s, my one piece of preparation was I looked up the, the player who played the most games in the NBA uh, so far, and Vinsanity retired, right? Jamal Jamal uh, Crawford is not around anymore, right? Or doesn't have a he team is, right he's now. Hanging on, doesn't have a team. So, has it ever been the case that the guy who's played the most games in the NBA has been around essentially the block the most times is also still clearly far, far and away the best player? I don't know. It could be that has maybe Bill Russell did it for ten years in a row. I don't know. Right. But not in my lifetime. That's an true. Definitely not in mine. Incredible. It's an incredible, incredible thing that is, he's truly is the king. He's been around the longest. He's the most well-spoken and he's the most polished. He hasn't, to his credit, even though he did move from Cleveland, they moved back and they moved to LA, hasn't broken a contract as far as I'm aware. Nope. Um, he does. He never asked for a trade, never did any of that stuff. He Once he gets there, he becomes the GM of the team and leaves them somewhat in shambles when he leaves. But uh no, he never breached his contract or talked about leaving during a season or anything like that. Never quit on the team. Nope. He seems to be, you know, there was a lot of talk about maybe he's a difficult teammate. I think he's a great teammate. He seems to be a magnanimous teammate. He's always buoying it up with guys who are way worse than him. Jared Dudley is like, he plays video games with him. James Jones. And, uh, he has like boys on the team. And also he... Um, he's kept JR famous. around for this long. Yeah, like he seems to like retain relationships. Uh, you don't, he seems to be a true family man. Uh, okay. So, okay, <laughs> okay we'll leave it at right. that. But we'll, let's start with the NBA because the biggest story in the NBA that happened um, is the Giannis Antetokounmpo extension. Everyone's going nuts because they made the trade uh, to get Drew Holiday. They tried to get Bo- Bogdan Bogdanovich. That didn't work. Um, and people are wondering, are they going to be able to keep Giannis? And we didn't really hear anything about it, whether they were going to be able to keep him or not. And we thought it was going to be the next nine months of the whole back and forth. Where's Giannis is going to go? Where's Giannis going to go? What's going to happen? Um, and then it comes out just kind of out of the blue. Giannis is staying. And earlier in the week, we would have thought, hey, they really lost out on a chance to get James Harden because they gave up so many picks to get Drew Holiday. But no, that was enough. Giannis decided to make a commitment. He said he's staying in Milwaukee. And it's a big deal. I'm not, you know, it's the super max contract. It's a really big deal, and people are extremely excited about it. What I would say, though, to everyone who's so excited, and Bill Simmons went as far as saying is this is the greatest day in Bucks history. Is that really saying that much? Right. He went through their whole history. It wasn't that much. You know, 
one of like the top three things on his list was that he started a Twitter movement, apparently one year, maybe in 2010 or something for him to become the GM of the Bucks and the whole Bucks fan, whoever that is, got behind it and was actually super into it. So um, that was like a top 10 moment of his, of, you know, Bucks history. So the history can't be that great. Although he did mention a, the conference finals in 2001, which I was unaware of that they totally got robbed by Allen Iverson. They should have gone to the finals that year. They were the superior team and they did not. I'm assuming you were aware of that conference finals. They used to have a guy, Sidney Moncrief. I think he was on the Bucks. That guy was a good offensive player, very polished. I'm, I'm going to get back to, uh, to, to, to that. But I'm of two minds on this. You know, you mentioned Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons and I have not that much in common, but we're both middle-aged. And the beauty of being middle-aged is that you get stuck in your ways in certain, way, in certain ways where you're a purist. And then you also still kind of are young enough to know some young things. And so, yeah, the idea of a player uh, staying with a team does still resonate because that's very old school. Yeah, and everyone agrees. Hand, and Mark Cuban yeah. was saying you have Dirk Nowitzki, you have guys like uh, Tim Duncan. He wants to make Luca the next guy. To have a guy who's not, he's arguably the best player in the league, and he's going to be it with one franchise if they do ultimately win after all the failing and rising and falling and all the bumps in, in the road that go with creating a championship and ultimately winning one. The Milwaukee fans will be so much more appreciative of that player being Giannis Antetokounmpo if they do win a championship with the team that they were drafted with. And that's incredible. That is an incredible thing. You can't take that away from anyone. What would What's in it for Giannis? Like, is it an ego thing where he wants to be – does he want a statue of himself as Milwaukee? Like, does anybody even go to – does that mean something, a statue? I feel like if I was as great as – if I was so great that I felt that I might be the greatest – I would go for a statue. That would be the reason I would want to stay in one team because that way you like nobody else is getting a statue of Milwaukee. Well, like you said, we like to talk about the personalities of the player. So I don't want to guess what Giannis's personality is because he seems like a great guy, right? He seems from okay. everything you see, he seems great. And you see a lot more of athletes today than ever before because of social media and stuff. But he's not a guy who's overly on social media. He seems great and he seems committed. And that was his whole thing. What's in it for him? The Supermax he can get the most money from the Milwaukee Bucks period stop the uh, most guaranteed money he gets from the Milwaukee Bucks. And that's why he is staying with the Milwaukee Bucks. And guess what? Like I've said on this podcast, the contracts mean nothing. He could leave tomorrow. He doesn't care about the contract. Yeah. It's long-term. He could go and complain to management tomorrow and force his way out the way James Harden is doing the way Anthony Davis did the way Paul George did the way Kyrie Irving did in Cleveland. Everyone's done this already. Why won't he just be the next guy? To me, the contract, him signing the Supermax, staying with the team, not even touching the free agent market, to me, it means absolutely nothing. I think he could just get up tomorrow and decide, no, I don't want to play for you guys anymore. And it kind of minimizes the whole thing. It just it just does. I mean, it, it does minimize it a little bit, but you have to understand it's like everything else in life. It's high hopes. Let's hope for the best. Maybe it won't be like that. Maybe he, maybe he stays. Maybe he does get a statue. Although if he gets a statue, does, does Michael Jordan live in Chicago, by the way? I don't um, think so, right? I have no idea. I mean, Jeter, your guy. Is it fair to say that Jeter's your guy? Jeter's my guy. Do, does it bother you that he doesn't live in New York? It doesn't bother me at all. I think See, he I'm the an Marlins. old guy. It's super cool. It's sad, but it bothers me. I feel like if there's a statue or a monument for you in a city – 
and it's there's only then you should kind of like live near near your statue like i'm saying he's an icon and this is like a loss of an innocence that goes on that i'm obviously still experiencing uh in my late 40s which is like like even bill simmons is god his main guy larry bird right he's boston through and through beginning to end he didn't have that like he didn't even have that little hiccup like ewing on seattle or even MJ on the Wizards at the end that he okay. conveniently cut out of the last dance and made exactly. everybody know this is the last dance. Don't forget, this, this is the very, very last dance. Yep. <laughs> he he was Celtic through and through. He could be prideful of that. And then he moves to Indiana. Like I remember when he started coaching Indiana, I was like, why Indiana? I was like, oh, he's from Indiana. It's a loss of an innocence, meaning the whole notion that these guys become invested in the uh in the city that they're in like okay so they're part of you know whatever projects the city does and they're great for the city and they probably have some affection for well, it well Giannis is technically from from Milwaukee when he came here he came as a kid a child Milwaukee from Greece he came to Milwaukee yeah that's that's what it was I mean they were the See, team I love that after him so even in this jaded world of that's nobody... why I compared it that's why I compared it to Dirk Nowitzki he showed up as a kid to Dallas so I love that. To me, the those guys, Dirk, Giannis, and let's get back to LeBron, okay? No finals meant more, as far as I could tell, than that finals that LeBron brought, the championship that LeBron brought to Cleveland. I Did you see the YouTube video of Doris Burke in the parking lot afterwards? She's the GOAT. By the uh, she, by the way, Doris Burke <laughs> is the best. I do love Doris Burke. She's just beyond excellent at her job. She is Oh yeah, and and you know why? Because she's got passion. They go and and this is nothing to do with sports, right? We always talk, and I was very happy to hear you talk about how you know sports uh, has all these metaphors, and and it's really not about the sport per se. It's about the metaphor for life and all of this. Doris Burke has passion. They found her in the parking lot after the last game of that finals. Makeup's off, hair is like in a clip. She seems a mess, and she's actually emotionally a mess. And they're talking to her. What do you think? And she's breaking down about how beautiful it was that LeBron brought this championship to that city and how much it meant. And she's, she's really emotional about it in a real way. And so I thought that that's, I, I always think that that's meaningful. So I didn't actually know that about the Giannis that that changes it for me because like I said, right. Ed, even if he, even in this jaded world where let's face it, human beings have a tendency of being selfish. And by the way, that's not just players, you know, fans like to point their fingers at players. Players, this is why I'm for the players, because players, fans, and owners, and the media, everyone is in it for themselves to some extent, right? But you want to latch on to a personality or an idea that enables you somehow to be inspired to be greater than yourself, to be greater than what you would otherwise be. And a guy who gives the city hope until he dashes it and, you know, gives, pays homage to the city by saying, you know what, you guys gave to me, I want to give back. Okay, he's getting his max contract and all that. That's like more meaningful than than all this other stuff. It makes him like a uh, a player that you want to root for more than uh, somebody who's in it for themselves. Right, but okay, that's true. The other thing is not only about them leaving. Listen to the highest players, the highest valued NBA contracts right now. Okay, number one is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Number two is right. Russell Westbrook. He's obviously not the second to best player in the league for the next however many years, right? Then there's Steph Curry, well-deserved. Anthony well deserved. Davis is a great player. 
Clay Thompson, I love Clay Thompson. I hope he comes back and gets well soon, but also not. You know. I remember, I remember a time, and it's funny to think back on this time where I asked you, and you're in your highest peak of Nick fandom, would you trade Carmelo Anthony for Clay Thompson? And you stuttered. And Please tell me, I said, were yes. unable to. You were unable to answer. You were like equivocating. I was like, okay, this guy's too far gone. I can't talk to him about this. Right. Melo can create a shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next one is Tobias Harris, then Chris Middleton, Ben Simmons, oh, Paul George, and wow. Damian Lillard. These are just bad wow. franchises. Like wow. Philadelphia paid Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons, two of the top eight contracts in the league. I mean, these are bad franchises giving bad contracts. Paul George also got paid by OKC along with Russell Westbrook. Those were those bad contracts. franchises. Just it's sad because they struggle to stay relevant and they need to give out these bad contracts to do so. But you know, who cares? This is another thing. And Giannis is not going to stay. That's, I mean, I don't know. I don't see it. Listen, if they win a championship, I don't know. They were talking about, uh, Mark Cuban was talking about how if Giannis was in free agency, he would have gone after him. I would have loved to have seen Giannis and Luca together. And they were talking about it on the, you know, on Bill Simmons. And I said, you know what? Maybe we will see it. Who knows? In two years, Giannis could be bored. Luca will only be like 22 at that point. So who cares? Anything can happen. Sports, that's the beauty of sports. It's a meritocracy. Anything can happen. And that's what I mean. Like, I like storylines. I don't care that much about. So do you, okay. So you yeah. like storylines. Yeah. So do you like the James Harden storyline? You, you're pro players. <laughs> I'm pro players. He should be able to I leave, do. right? I mean, the GM left, Daryl Morey. Mike D'Antoni left. Why can't James Harden just get up and leave, right? He signed a contract, but who cares? I want to leave now. I'm done. I don't feel like it anymore. Those two guys left. Why can't I leave? Okay. There's a difference between liking James Harden, which you clearly have uh, tremendous love for, and liking the storyline. I love the storyline. Like, the more drama, the better. Like, I love Kyrie. He's so creative around the basket, and he thinks the earth is flat. Like, this is a dude with personality. I love Kyrie. Like he's and we when we met him wasn't he striking. Won't, but the con, he's contract he's con, contractually obligated to talk to the media, but he won't like things like okay. that. When we met him, because well, yeah. you were about to bring that up, when we met him, yeah. he was the nicest guy. He was personable. He had stuff to say. He wasn't just talking basketball. He was coming off a game though where he had like forty points and didn't have an assist till he through like a, an outlet pass to LeBron for a dunk in the final minute of the game. So he has those performances on the court. He has these things that you see him bashing the media and taking games off because he's quote unquote hurt, not even injured. And then you meet him and he seems like a nice guy. He wanted it out of Cleveland. He's bashing LeBron James. There are contradicting things going on here, right? No, it's all because uh, I fell in love with him and I understand him fully now. Having talked to him for 20 minutes, I'll explain the whole thing to you if you're interested. Go for it. Yeah. Basically, it's an it's not that complicated. He, this guy was the only guy in Cleveland, right? He was the top dog. He was the reason uh, I would spec. This is all speculation, by the way, obviously. But I'm speculating that he's the reason that LeBron felt that he could come back to Cleveland because he could. He felt like Kyrie was at a point where he could. You know, if he put it together with K-Love or whatever and brought JR, he could win there. And so Kyrie was alpha. He was never going to be alpha to LeBron. He took a crazy, iconic shot over, right, your guy, our yeah. guy Curry yeah. to, to win it. It was a moment that 
his and his alone. LeBron did have the amazing block on Iguodala, but and LeBron was amazing. But every game, it seemed, it was like each of them contributing 42 points. They were no they Kyrie were one was incredible one, in that series. He was beyond. They were one and one yep. eight. This, yep. And and Kyrie said as much, and I was surprised to hear Bill Simmons say he doesn't know why he left. Why would you leave an opportunity to leave with LeBron? It was like this was LeBron's story through and through. Even though Kyrie had been there for years beforehand, and even though Kyrie almost they were like one and one eight almost had an equal contribution to that championship. He wanted it as bad as, as LeBron, almost, you could say. I mean, it was, it was, he was huge. And he was so huge. And if I was Kyrie, I would want to say, you know, um, I was a big contributor. I want to see, and this is literally what he said in the press conference. He's like, I've worked on my craft. I want to see my craft with me, basically, not in so many words. I want to be the alpha dog somewhere. And he thought he was in a good situation. And I can't blame him. I mean, it's a bad idea always to leave LeBron because he is the king and it's never turns out well. So it's the same thing in that sense. Also with Harden, like he wants to win. These guys want to win. And it's always a balance. Harden is the guy though. Harden was traded. He did not by choice. He wanted to run it back and they traded him to Houston and they said, boom, keys to the franchise yours. We're going to build an entire franchise. James Harden has the most unique playing style of anyone in the NBA, right? Anyone in NBA history. I talked about that. And they went ahead and built a team that is built for James Harden to do his thing, to literally op, you know, get the most out of James Harden, optimize his usage. And guess what? No other franchise is going to do that. You think a team, I would say teams are hesitant to do that now, meaning not because he's going to ask for a trade, but you're going to break down your whole franchise. You're going to trade away players and get new pieces all to fit around what James Harden specifically does on a basketball court. I don't think we realize or appreciate how much Houston did that just for James Harden. They traded away. Clint Capella was a great player just for James Harden. Everything they did was just for James Harden. And for him specifically, it's not, it's different than LeBron getting another superstar or the Clippers going out and getting Paul George for Kawhi Leonard. It's every little piece, the role players, the Daniel houses, the PJ Tuckers. Those were all guys who were designed to play with James Harden and even a team we're going to have to give up so much for James Harden. And then we're going to still have to design everything that we do around James Harden. I don't know. It's, it's a hard sell for the, uh, for the teams. Well, the, the superstars are really a lot more important than the role players. That's first of all, like, you know, it's tough to win with, with just role players. Oh, Agreed. That's why I want to see him go to, to, to Brooklyn. I really do. I know that, that you cringe when I say that, but Kyrie, first of all, reunite, undo the mistake you did, right? You chose when you were in OKC, you had the big three and you chose to get rid of Harden and to keep Westbrook. Uh, let, let's flip out Westbrook. And, well, it's to keep Kyrie. Ibaka, really. If you think about it, it's to keep Ibaka. Now you have... They chose Durant. Ibaka over Harden. They chose Ibaka also. Okay, so now you have Durant, you have Harden, and you have my boy Kyrie. And isn't that it wouldn't be interesting to see how those dudes match up against somebody like LeBron match up against some of these other teams and how far they go. I mean, I have zero interest uh, in seeing it. I know honestly. you hate it. You cringe every time I say, I say you know it. what I'd rather I like, want. I like I'd rather line. see Harden trade for traded for Kyrie. And I know Brooklyn saying they never do that. I don't believe that. I think maybe if the trade is right, they would actually do it. Like Harden's a better player. He plays more. Him and KD are probably better friends. Kyrie and KD, again, this is a new thing, right? 
Harden and KD came up together, kind of. Like, I don't know. I would, I would say that. This, this is why I like the NBA. I like storylines. I like personalities. And 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 players are entitled to be jerks too. They're, you know, like they can break contracts. They could be greedy. They could be selfish. They they can be right. They can have egos. I mean, they're human beings. It's kind of fun to watch. Which are the good dudes? And which are the guys that have meltdowns? And it's just yep. like the rest of the cross section of society. I love it. Like I loved watching Tim Duncan just be like this stand up fundamentals, right? Like standing up for like guys like us who who aren't like incredibly, incredibly athletic, although it was obviously deceiving. He was incredibly athletic. But he looked when we watched Duncan, like we felt like we probably play a little bit like that, even though we don't. And it was amazing to watch him go up against, for example, those incredible LeBron Miami teams and all of that narrative. That's why, that's why we love sports. It's a meritocracy. The, it polices itself, right? In other words, a guy can have as much ego and talk as much smack and be as selfish as he wants to be. At the end of the day, it's all, it's all, the truth is just going to rise to the top because they have to play the games. And, I right. think and it's by the way, in my so opinion, yeah, in my opinion, so yeah, storylines, is great for the league. And that's why the Giannis contract is a storyline. It's a huge storyline. And to bring it back, you said, Tim Duncan, that in my opinion is the last real championship, that team. It's not that LeBron wasn't the greatest championship because he brought it back to Cleveland. It's just a team that you saw them go through the ups and downs. It was a team that was organically put together through their system. That's all. Um, but to bring that it back all to, they, that brings no, us well, to the next, the next legitimate championship, which I think you saw last night. And you're already talking about this being the homegrown championship team. Oh, yeah, the Knicks. <laughs> you must be talking about the Knicks. Well, before we get to the Knicks, because yes. this will also lead to the Knicks. So, like you said, storylines are the big thing in the NBA. Bill Simmons was talking about big winners and losers. Everyone like says, I don't even understand what it means anymore. Because, like, okay. it'll be, like, biggest winners from that press conference. Like, it's the stupidest thing. But it's, like, biggest winners from the Giannis extension. So, he said NBA fans and Milwaukee fans. And the Bucks and all that stuff. And he said Adam Silver because you don't have to worry about him leaving and that whole issue and whatever. Anyway, what the last team, the last thing that he said were the biggest winners from the Giannis contact contract are the Knicks fans. Okay, how's this? Go ahead. Every time there's a big free agent, every time there's a big story, the Knicks fans get all up in their head. We're gonna get this guy. They get so excited. They're so excited for the next season. Everyone gets revved up. You do it. I do it. We all do. It. It's like, oh, we're going to have Kyrie, KD, and we're going to have Zion. This is amazing. He's like, Knicks fans just spared themselves of nine months of torture when inevitably Giannis was never going to sign with them anyway. They get to this point where it's like, you know, if you win a championship with the Knicks, that's the greatest accomplishment in sports you could do right now. That is the most amazing. When it turns out, no, Giannis doesn't care about that. You know what I mean? Nobody cares about that, apparently. Nobody cares about winning for the Knicks. But you know who does care about winning for the Knicks? These young guys. But the thing about them is, and I read a tweet about this today, they come into the league, they're told, okay, you guys are the future. There's no one there. There's nobody else. It's just these young kids. And they're like, okay, you guys are the New York Knicks now. And it's a little bit different. There's no fans, but they're still playing at Madison Square Garden. You guys are the Knicks. And they feel like, hey, we're going to do it because they have everything to prove, nothing to lose. They're not superstars yet. And when you watch that starting lineup to close out the game last night, and I sent you that, and you look at that, quickly, Barrett, Knox, Toppin, Robinson, 22, 22, 21, 20, 21. These guys are little kids 
playing for the New York Knicks, and they were the ones who closed out the game. They went on the 34-13 to run. I know it's preseason. I know it's the Cleveland Cavaliers. But that's fun to watch as a Knicks fan. Yeah, I get on board with that. I love watching Coach Tibbs and all that stuff. And I know you watched it. You probably loved it just as much, if not more. Uh, love the highlights. My favorite highlight, of course, was on the sidelines. I didn't, had no idea that Coach Tibbs was the coach. And that's amazing. I feel like that's exactly the guy we've needed all along. Uh, and this is a, a very important spot to, to give some of my shout outs. I have to give a shout out to Coach Tibbs. Um, can't mention him without mentioning my my Matt Maverick Bornstein. He's Maverick to my LeBron. And uh, that that's my homie right there from Chicago. And shout I visited out, Chicago. Yeah, shout out to Matt. He's, he's been supportive. He's a big part of your uh, upbringing. And as a wingman, uh, nobody would, it would be more supportive of this podcast uh, than him. I, I want to give a couple more shout outs over here um, while I'm at it, because I think that it's important. A lot of people are going to would think that I would start with Broshan Broshanowitz. But I'm going to go off menu for somebody you never would guess. Are you ready for this? Uh, here I we don't go. Know. Yeah, you're, you're probably not. Norman Rabinowitz. Let me tell you something about Norman Rabinowitz, okay? The year was 1985. It was December 25th. He took us to see, this is where my love for basketball grew. And that's why he's getting a shout out on this podcast. Takes me and his son, Johnny, my buddy, Johnny, Johnny Boy Rabinowitz, takes us to Knicks Celtics. Now the Knicks were terrible and the Celtics were amazing in 1985. I mean, and by the way, Bill Simmons, he's worried that there's only going to be like seven super teams. Are you kidding me? He grew up at an age like I did where it was Lakers Celtics every single year. And it was still awesome. It was going to be in the finals. The finals were incredible. And the season was incredible. Cause like, how do you measure up against this juggernaut against this great, great team? That one game went into double overtime. So you're saying the had fact it, that we know that the Lakers are going to win the finals this year already doesn't matter. Shouldn't ruin it because, but it shouldn't ruin it because like, as but the Knicks favorites fan, always I'm, win in the NBA. I'm listening to your enthusiasm. And I think that that's great. We went that game, by the way, we didn't win anything that year, but that game, that was our season. We were down by 25 points in regulation. It was like, and it felt like a full season because it was a double overtime B Patrick Ewing fell down for what seemed like a season injury ending injury. And the whole crowd was besides themselves only to come back later and then play. He was fine. I think he just fell down, but he looked like he died because he was seven foot seven tall. And he just like was like, fell down like a, like a sack of bricks. Anyways, he gets back up and majestic jumpers, which was not what we thought we were getting. We thought we were getting Shaquille O'Neal, but be that as it may, majestic 20-foot jumpers, 35 points I think he had. And we pulled that one out. Larry Bird was an assassin his whole career. He was especially known for being an assassin on Christmas days. The Celtics always played on Christmas, supposedly one time, as the winning three-point shot left his hand. Uh, he looked in his opponent's eye, didn't even look at the basket and said, Merry Christmas and walked away. And then the, then the shot went through the basket and the game was over. So this is the guy that we were up against. Okay. Say nothing of Kevin McHale, the longest, sweatiest armpits hair in the history of the NBA. And for some reason, 95% of the time, his hands were up in the air. His game involved him airing out those pits the entire time. He had like, <laughs> also even coach James Harden in Houston, by the way, continue. Yeah. Even his, even his free throws. It's like, his hands were, he threw them like Bill Cartwright, like his hands were up in the air. And we had nothing. We had Ernie Grunfeld, who looked like he was playing Saturday night Jew ball at the YMCA 
with his shorts up at his armpits. And like, it was ridiculous, but somehow we pulled out that game and it was a great feeling. I think that might've been the night that I fell in love with basketball. Big shout out to Norman Rabinowitz, a well, great thank guy. You, Norm. Took me to games because uh, he knew that my dad was taking me to like badminton uh, games and globe charter games. And of course, shout out to my dad. Every, every word and every breath we say, of course, is, is a homage to our parents. We know that, but uh, I wanted to start out with, uh, with Norm and, and give him, give him the credit that he, that he deserves because he brought that basketball love and the 1980s fun, even though we knew we had no chance and we got, we thought got Patrick Ewing, like that game gave us hope. So it ended up not really being what we thought it would be, but guess what? At the moment it was great. So that's what you do. You enjoy the moment. And so if you can beat some other juggernaut team, that, that's a pretty exciting feeling. Unfortunately, there are only so get, many. Yeah. Unfortunately, there are only so many moments in a 72-game season when your team wins 16 games, um, and they're not no longer ever allowed on Christmas Day anymore. Um, okay, but that's that's that. Okay, so shout out to Norm Rabinowitz. Um, yeah, he also gave me my car for dental school, which is not for nothing. Just, I did he, not know that. I needed a car. I call. I don't know what made me think to call him. This guy, he he says, you know what? I'll get you a Volvo. It was a really old Volvo. He fixed it, met me and your mother at a restaurant, bought all the appetizers and entrees and desserts. We ate like kings. It was a stormy night. I'll never forget. And then he disappeared into the night. He was coming from Long Island. He's like, yeah, I'll take the train back. And we drove home. Wait, so he did that for you and he led with the basketball and you led with the basketball? Well, it's a bad basketball podcast, but I, right, thought I, I thought the second thing was also worth mentioning. Um, Again, yeah, that's uh, listen. Those two things, if they were the first two, those were two incredible things. So definitely worth it. And I remember distinctly when 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 he walked off into the night, thinking, if I ever have a son that's articulate enough to have a podcast, I'm gonna have to mention this. So you invented podcasts. I I listen. I remember when Bill Simmons' podcasts were numbered like this is podcast number one, and like I think he had Chuck Klosterman for number one hundred. Like I was very into it when he started. I haven't been keeping up as much lately, but. Don't that, worry, I, I, I was the first you. guy. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I want to go through what I want to do is um, just I'm going to jump through some of the teams in the NBA going into the season because it is the preseason. Now we're going to do a quick season preview. Um, I don't really want to do a season preview. I don't want to do a power rankings and I don't want it to rank like the top 20 players. So I did a, a hybrid of those two. I have. You can only pick one player on each team. It's the top like 20 teams based on only their best player. Um, so you're not going to hear guys like Anthony Davis on this because he's the second to best player on that team. So uh, as long as the guidelines are clear, let's jump into it. Are they clear? This is, this is a very novel format. So I'll try to keep up. I like the format. Um, all right. So we're, and then this brings it back to what you talked about. The best team in the league, the team that's the favorite is the best player in the league, LeBron James. LeBron James plays for the LA Lakers. And it's incredible what he did for that franchise. He went there when they were, you know, kind of desolate and he went there and turned that franchise around. I mean, obviously they're the Lakers, they have the Laker name, but still incredible. And at this age to be doing what he's doing, like you said, it's not normal. He's the, you know, he has the longest career in the league right now. He's played the most minutes, the most games. And yet he is at the top of his game, better, arguably better than anyone else. If you would have to pick a guy, not just for this season, if you were to say, Hey, pick a guy to be the guy on your team for the next four years and you basically instantly are inserted into the NBA finals. It's still LeBron James. Amazing. It's so true. He's the undisputed king. 
Yeah. And the next, the next team that I have is the second, my opinion, the second to best player in the league, one of the most transcendent players ever. And people leave him off because, you know, they weren't good last year. He was hurt a lot. It's Stephen Curry, Stephen Curry and the Warriors. I mean, if you watched him in preseason again, I know it's preseason, but Steph Curry is just on a different level. He's a different level of basketball player. He completely changed the game. He controls a game like nobody else. Three points is worth more than two. And he does so much more than that. I think it's going to be fun to see him kind of try and lead some of these young guys like Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman. We'll see if they keep that team together for the full season, but that team should be really fun to watch. And Steph's my guy. Steph's your guy. If Steph ends up having any kind of scandal of any sort, God forbid, I'll be devastated because he seems like a genuinely great dude. He seems I like great, his attitude. Right. Yes. Yeah. I love his and attitude and he's and his talent is underrated because it's easy to underrate talent when a guy isn't like jumping out of the gym or muscling people like Zion. He's really Zion. I hope we're going to, we're going to talk about Zion, right? We'll talk about Zion. All right. So keep going. Yeah. So the next guy <laughs> is muscling up everyone jumping out of every gym, dunking from free throw lines. And that's obviously Giannis Antetokounmpo. So we talked about him a lot on this podcast, so I don't want to spend too much time on him, but he you is all my line. The comp is that he's Shaquille. Yeah, that I don't know. Did I steal that yet? This podcast, but the comp is Shaquille. The comp is that is Shaq. He's you can't compare him to anyone else. It would be really fun to see him with a real point guard. I know they went out and got Drew Holiday. It would be fun to see him with a guy like James Harden, a guy like Steph Curry. Um, Luka Doncic would have been incredible. I don't think we're missing out on that yet. I still think there is a chance that we'll see either Giannis on the move one day or one of those guys end up in Milwaukee. Um, but for now, he needs another alpha that controls the game the way Shaq had Kobe, uh, Kobe and Kobe exactly. and then Wade. Yeah. Yep, yeah, exactly. Um, number four on this. And this is a guy who, like you said, you would think he's more of a Shaq, but he's a guy who controls the game. I think he's kind of the point guard on this team. Do you know where I'm going with this? You're, are you going to say Durant? I don't know. Uh, what are you saying? He, Joker, Nikola Jokic. Oh my God. I would not have guessed that. How the guy shoots threes. The guy runs the offense. The guy is everything on that team. I mean, it's unbelievable. Well, he's known. Did you see those pictures? He was Zoftik. That guy was, he had, oh my God, the weight loss on its own should earn him like followers on Twitter or something. Well, this guy could easily be the MVP of the league. I think he is weirdly underrated. What we saw him do with Jamal Murray in the playoffs, and yes, Jamal Murray was incredible, but it was a two-man game. That entire run was a two-man game. And again, I've talked about wanting to see James Harden there, see what they can do together. There are lots of different moving parts. It all comes back to James Harden for me. But Nikola Jokic, I think, even forgetting about this list, if you want to put Anthony Davis somewhere in between those four guys, Jokic is a top five player in the league, in my opinion. I root for Jokic and Murray so hard. I like him so much better than Malone and Stockton. That that, that was like another famous duo back in, in our day. And they just they're they're versatile they're creative they're gritty they're not doing the same thing every time and they're just feisty and they fight but they need more pieces and i'd love to see them get listen mpj talking about a Harden trade i would love to see them with Harden. that's what i said listen michael porter jr um could develop maybe uh maybe gary harris but again nba windows are small they close their if they trade for Harden and it's those three guys, that would be incredible. They would need a little bit of depth, but I'm sure that, you know, the franchise would put some role players around them that would make it work. Um, so I could I could definitely see that trade. The fifth team I have here is the Los Angeles Clippers. And people forget, Kawhi Leonard, when he came back from the injury and he went to Toronto, he took over to the league again. And people are like, oh my God, oh yeah, right, Kawhi. 
people forget about him and they forgot about him again this past year. People are don't just don't remember because he faded at the end. He came back in the bubble and just wasn't the same guy. But when the season went on hiatus in March, he was the best team. That was the best team. Kawhi was at the top of his game. So was Paul George. And they came back and looked so bad and just so disinterested in the bubble. It turned a lot of people off, but you can't forget how great and how amazing he is. Well, I'm so confused. As much as I feel like I understand the enigma that is uh, Kyrie Irving, that's how much I don't understand the enigma wrapped in a riddle, shrouded in mystery, that is Kawhi Leonard. The Kawhi one guy Leonard, that 100%, never got... 100%. The only guy who ever went away from Paul, from uh, Greg Popovich. Right, and you never know. Like, is he disinterested? Is he is he injured? What exactly is this guy's deal? He's he going to retire in two, three years, and we're never going to know. That's my prediction. That's your prediction? That's not a bad prediction. Uh, He's no just going to be one of those mystery of guys. And I think the only thing that on his resume that people are going to be like, oh my God, is that he just went to Toronto and in one year, you see some of these guys go to teams and it takes, even LeBron went back to Cleveland, set that whole team up. It took him a couple of years to win a championship. Even Miami, when they went down there and they were, they should have been, world, they were the first super team and it took them a couple of years. He went to Toronto one year and they left with the championship. It was unbelievable. What's a more iconic shot? Um, Ray Allen's shot when he was, when he was uh, with the Miami um, or Kawhi's shot over over the Philadelphia. Yeah, I would still take the Ray Allen shot. It was a more significant. Uh, okay, all right. Well, I mean, we was, can agree to disagree. Game. On this. That's totally a, inco- a. It was a finals game. <laughs> it was a finals game. We can agree he misses that shot, totally... they lose the finals. Yeah. He misses that shot, they lose the finals. They come back, win that game, and then win Game Seven. Right, you're talking about the importance of the shot. I understand. I understand. So it's Perhaps a more important shot. It's a more iconic shot. Okay. Next, um, I want to say... I would love to be able to hit that other shot, though. That's such a great shot. <laughs> I would love to hit either one of those shots, <laughs> or any, for even like a Emmanuel Quickly runner I would love to hit. Um, the next team is the Houston Rockets. James Harden is still on the Rockets, so he's, I guess, the best, you know, the best player right now on that team, and he played. He played really well. They kind of were comparing it to Dennis Rodman today. Basically, they said even at the height, like when this team was winning games like crazy, he would go out and party. He wouldn't go to practice. The next day, he would show up and drop a 50-point triple-double. He's obviously uber-talented. I'm not sure he's a great dude. And Daryl Morey being out of there means you could write that franchise off for the foreseeable future as far as I'm I know. Concerned. So my whole thing was I'm a huge, you know, James Harden guy, but part of my love for James Harden was Daryl Morey and the way he designed the team around James Harden. And you're right. right. I was thinking about this this week, mostly today when I was prepping for this podcast. Daryl Morey being out of there ruins the whole thing for me. So let's let's not dwell on that. And by the way, if it ruins it for you, you think it doesn't ruin it for James? Like he Right, exactly. But that's the owner's fault. But that's the owner's fault. The owner was, you know, speaking out against Daryl Morey. We heard that was caught on tape at the White House or wherever he was, wherever he was talking to. And Daryl Morey was like, oh, yeah, I'm out. Like, and he left that franchise in shambles. And Philly's in good hands. I don't, I don't like what they have right now. I don't like Simmons and Embiid. I don't see it working together, but I don't like Simmons at all. I mean, I think he could be a good player. I don't, it's, I don't know what type of piece you would need in order for him to be optimized and become the great player that he obviously has the capabilities to be. I'm not sure, but I think they're in good hands. They have Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey's going to make it work. Okay, the next team is Dallas and Luca. Luca, if I had to pick one player. Before we get to Luca, I just want to say one thing. I love Luca more than anyone, and I want to talk about this, but 
the, the narrative, right? It just shows you that how media or anybody or perception can paint the narrative. You could paint Harden to be a bad guy, or you could just say he. I think if Bill Simmons is going to end up in Philly, he'll probably end up in Philly. It may not even he may he may just say, you know what? I don't care if they're going to be a better team right now, but I trust Daryl Morey in the process. No pun intended. Uh, even more, and then just means he's following a GM that he trusts in. That's a very defensible narrative. So anyway, let's see what happens with there. If that happens and he's he becomes the most loyal guy in the league again. Hey, my guy was spoken exactly. out against and he left. I just was following That's him. That's my point. But he talked about Brooklyn before he ever talked about Philadelphia. So why is he going and talking about All Brooklyn? Right. Why is he ditching practices? Yeah, listen, it's the whole thing is, again, it's been – it's all anyone hears these days if you listen to basketball sports media, so I don't want to do that again. We we get it. He's not a mother Teresa, and who knows what his uh, thought process is. But it, but he's not any worse or better than a lot of these other guys. But he's not as good as Luka Doncic. Luka is amazing. Luka's incredible. And okay, if you had to take one player to be your guy for the next ten years, it's Luka, right? I mean, we could talk about Giannis. Giannis is still young. If you look at all these young players coming into the league, and you know what? Maybe I'll just run through the rest of the list just so that you see how deep the league is. There's still Dame, but Dame's getting a little bit older. We no, at, we have to stop at Luca for one second, though. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back to Luca. It's, it's oh, all you're circling back. Luca as part. long, as long as we get back to Luca, I'm, I'm ready for this list. You have John Morant. You have Zion Williamson, Bradley Beal. You have Pascal Siakam. You have, you know, the guys in Miami with Hero, Butler, um, Bam Adebayo. You have Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Joel Embiid. Trey Young, Victor Oladipo, he's a little bit older already. All these guys are young guys in the league. Love all these guys. You didn't say Paul George, interestingly. Well, I already talked about the Clippers, but all those guys are on separate teams. There's so much young talent right now in the league. It's in an incredible place. But of all those guys, if you had to pick one player to be your franchise player, and you could even throw De'Aaron Fox in there and R.J. Barrett, obviously, once we're talking about it. <laughs> and who's that pick... guy that you love? The, the second, the second guy they picked this year. Oh, uh, Quig- Emmanuel quickly, 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 quickly. Yeah, great. He's, he he just chose not to play off ball in college. That's what he's saying now. He's like, listen, I was telling all these NBA teams, I don't know why they didn't draft me. I chose to play off ball. I'm the point guard of the future. Hey, he's amazing. At least for one night, one quarter, he looked it. Um, if I, but between all those players. The obvious choice for if you have to pick one guy to be your guy for the next 15 years is Luka Doncic. It's crazy that he fell third to third in his draft class, but it's well, I mean, well, you weren't, you weren't kidding, you weren't kidding, you really did circle it back to Luka Doncic. This point was about Luka Doncic, I get it now. It was all a Luka Doncic point, no, it was also a point to prove (laughs) how the league is healthy, the league is in a good spot with the young players. I think they do need to figure some stuff out, but. Again, like you said, it's about the personalities. They are trying to push the players' personalities, and that's what the league's trying to do. So, hey, good for them. But yeah, he's a magical. He's a magical player. I love all the players you mentioned. I really think, and it just shows you the artistry of basketball, right? They're all trying to do the same thing, but they're doing it in such different, unique, interesting ways. I think it's. I think it's beautiful. But as far as Luca, I mean, he's not going to get less athletic, right? He's got IQ through the roof and he can shoot and he's deceptively athletic and strong. Now he goes inside, he goes outside. He's the one guy. And um, right. And his game doesn't look like the type of game that's going to age, you know, like, cause he already looks like a middle-aged Jew. 
So exactly, exactly. And by the way, for those of you who aren't Jewish, go play with some Jews. They all think they're Luca now. Find a YMCA near you. Find yeah, <laughs> yeah. On a Saturday night little, specifically. The occasional like once like needle in the haystack like thin little Jew is thinks he's Curry. Everyone else thinks he's Luca. Exactly. Um, yeah, but Luca, you take. I mean, he's incredible. He's beyond incredible. I think he would be my favorite to win the MVP this year. Um, no one wins it three years in a row. So Giannis is not winning it again. But I think the two guys I no. mentioned, Luca, Kawhi, those would be my favorites to win MVP this year. Um, okay, so those are the players. I rushed through them a little bit. I did want to talk a little bit more about Jason Tatum. I love him. I think what they're doing in Phoenix with Devin Booker is cool. All this stuff is great. Um, I guess you see every city has their guy. That's cool. And, and it's great. Leave, and it's through the draft and it's young kids, but I don't want to see them leave. I don't want to see these guys just, you know, sign big contracts and then go elsewhere or sign yeah. big contracts elsewhere. It's listen, I understand it's a part of sports. Now in football, the quarterback always stays, you know what I mean? When you get the franchise quarterback, he stays. Um, and he yeah. becomes the face of the franchise and the way a city like green Bay, Wisconsin, rallies behind Aaron Rodgers. Hopefully they could do the same thing for Giannis and maybe that's why he stayed. That would be great. Do you know that the, Patrick Mahomes, that, what he signed a 15 year deal to stay in Kansas city. When you get it right, you don't leave. I mean, it's weird to see Peyton Manning in Denver and Tom Brady in Tampa. Like that stuff's just weird. Yeah. I still think that uh, people should live near their statues. So Patrick Mahomes, I hope you find a nice, place in kansas city exactly um okay so i wanted to talk about the san antonio spurs and you ready for my new nickname for demar Derozan? oh because i know you noticed his haircut go ahead you ready yeah demar de frozen eh? you've attempted this type of thing many times with spectacular failure this was not your worst one at all I thought of it and I was like, I thought of it when I saw it. I was like, I mean, it's obvious. It's right there. He's defrozen. First, I saw a guy I was, because we got into the conversation about I could, you know, list any player and his number. And I was like, number yes. 10 on San Antonio is DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> the guy with this giant afro. Who is that? And then I realized it was defrozen. Um, if you want to throw out a couple of random names and I'll give you their numbers, we could end on that. Otherwise, you want to talk about the Jets? Oh, gosh. Um, uh, you know what? I told you I didn't want to talk about the Jets, and so you're bringing it up to just kind of rub salt in the wound. I will say this about the Jets. It's it's worse than other cursed franchises because it actually feels like a curse. My, my biggest example is an example that nobody cares about. Nick Lowry, they used to have this thing called the United Way, which was like the main charity organization of the NFL. And they would take the most exemplary citizen of the entire NFL, and they would make them the face of the United Way. And Nick Lowry hit every single field goal for Kansas City Chiefs, I think it was, for about 20 years. And then they brought him onto the Jets. And those during those times, he was like the number one citizen in the entire NFL. And he was the spokesman for the United Way. And then he came to the Jets. Not only was he unable to kick the ball anymore, I think his leg fell off. And not only that, he got into something inappropriate with like a ball boy. It, it, like, in other words, his personal, professional, and every other aspect of his life immediately, not only just like kind of like went downhill, but disintegrated. The long list of guys who were great came to have their careers die 
jet and then resurrected them when they left. Brett Favre. <laughs> yeah, like Brett, Brett Favre. Favre. I mean, put it this way. The Jets' Pierre Desir was their um, nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year. And you're like, wow, you know, that's an award. Your team doesn't have to be good. No one has to be good in order to get that award to be nominated. It just means you're doing good work in the community. Well, Pierre Desir was cut and doesn't play for the Jets anymore. He plays for the Ravens now. So that about checks out. Terrible. Completely yeah. awful. Yeah. So it's just like when you see a team like that, they have an association with, you can't help but root for them. But I help, I saved you because you once were excited about them and I sat you down and said, I think this is the only real serious you know, father, son conversation we ever had. I was like, son, don't do this to yourself. This is yeah, not just don't I'm... anything but a but a Jets fan. Um, okay, <laughs> so let's wrap it up. Send them out to some okay. uh, to some Jovi. Um, and uh, other Wait, than that, before you put the Jovi, two very important things. First right. and foremost, thank you for having me on. Oh my! Pleasure. I am grateful for having great relationship with. Well, thank all you my for sons. coming on. First thank guest, talk to you. Really, a big honor. It's a big honor. And I'm very happy. And uh, the other thing is I have to plug my podcast, son. You must. This is why I'm here. Doff-splaining. Now, my son, let me tell you something. People, mansplaining gets a bad name. It has a negative connotation because people are like, oh, you're mansplaining. You're talking down in a condescending way. Well, I found through my travels in life that people do so many dumb, inexplicable things. I only wish they would mansplain to me and explain simply, talk down to me, that's fine. Just explain to me what it is that's in your mind. And I therefore have brought that to, well, what's the daf? It's the Hebrew word for a page. The Hebrew Talmud is gigantic. It's actually Aramaic, which makes it not easier to read. If you read one full page a day, both sides, which could take between one hour and like the entire day, it's very dense. And you read one page a day, which is what we do. It takes seven and a half years to complete. It's a big deal. And so many places, this is a worldwide effort. Everyone's on the same page, literally and figuratively. And so during the weekdays, Monday through Friday, uh, thanks. Monday through Friday, I post it by eight o'clock. We give the, we give it very early so that by eight o'clock, it's already up the page of that day that the entire uh, world is all following. Those who follow this, it's called Daf Yomi, which means daily Daf. Definitely so worth listening I to. to and, I call uh, it Doff Splaining. If you're a fan of this podcast, you got to balance it out with some Talmud study, I would think. You know, yeah, a little, I mean, it's a nice mix. You sometimes prepare prepare it with me. Yes, I think the only and person so, who listens to both right now is Amari Stoudemire. Correct. He's a big fan of both. Thank you for having me on. Doff Splaining uh, all the way. Thanks again. And, good job uh, by you. And just good job by you.
Cause you can't 